We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hello, and welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network crossover event here. I'm Rohan Gotti, co-host of the Eurostep Podcast. Joining me today is Adam McGee and Jordan Tresky of the Win and Six Podcast. Fellas, day one of free agency is essentially in the books. We're getting deals still trickling in. Andre Drummond, is he's a Chicago Bull, apparently, allegedly, in a few days, maybe. Uh, how's it going? Jordan, I'll let you take that first. It's going well. But the first day of free agency was a success in the eyes of the Milwaukee Bucks, I would say. Never mind the eyes of the Milwaukee Bucks, the eyes of me. Big success. Great work, John Horst. Love the moves. Bring the band back together. Sprinkle in some jingle bells for him to play. And it's it's all looking good to me. And, like, super efficient. Get it all done really early. We can all then, you know, not have to monitor every single notification on our phones. So if there's any more minimums to come, which there could well be one or two, depending on what decisions they make elsewhere, I encourage John Horst to get on with it and do it soon. Um, but yeah, this was this was a very good start. And I personally had nothing but positive reactions to all of the deals. I don't know if the same can be said for everyone here, but we'll get into that. It's I, I will note. It is 9.20 p.m. Central Time as we record. Just in case we finish this and something happens, because we will not be getting back on to add something extra. So, you know, factor that in to your listing. However long we go, right now, it is 9.20 p.m. Central Time. Thursday, June 30th, 2022. It is. Before we go any further, though, if you're listening to this, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this, watching this, whether it's your podcast platform of choice, YouTube, whatever. Make sure, make sure you're subscribed. But uh, yeah, you're, you're right, Adam. The Bucks got real rolling right away as soon as free agency started. Uh, within the hour, I want to say, we got all of the Bucks deals done. The first news was the biggest news. Bobby Portis 
re-signing with the Milwaukee Bucks, four years, $49 million contract. He's back after a lot of he it, it was it felt like it was kind of certain based on what he was saying, based on what he was doing around the city of Milwaukee, based on sort of the reporting around the league. It felt like Bobby Portis was coming back, but now it's official. Bobby Portis back on a four-year, $49 million deal. He gets that payday that he bet on himself two years in a row to get. He gets that payday. How are you, how are we feeling about this deal? Jordan, do you want to lead off? Sorry, the Zoom crashed for me. Oh, okay. I'll lead off while you gather your thoughts. Uh, well, Rohan asked what our thoughts were on the Bobby Portis deal. Obviously, a lot of time still to pass between now and seeing out the contract. But much like, I guess, when Pat opts in, you start to think of, okay, what's the timeline? How long has he been there? Like, if Bobby was see this contract through six seasons with the books, not insignificant at all in terms of a tenure, where that would put him, what he's already achieved and what he'll hopefully continue to achieve over the next four years. It's good news. I mean, anyone listening will know that I both love Bobby like everyone else at this point, and I also continue to have doubts over exactly not his game. I feel like we've got a pretty good handle on who he is, what he does really well, but how the books utilize them, how they can best utilize them around their other pieces. There's still parts there which just aren't perfect. That's fine. But he was a vital asset if we're to get really cold about it, which feels not great with with someone like Bobby who's such a hero, but he's a vital asset for the team. So he's an important player in the now, but also over the duration of this contract, and a lot of stuff could change with the look of this books team over four years. He's a guy that if you don't re-sign him, you've lost it. You've lost the asset. There's no offer someone else four years, 49 million. It was Bobby because of bird rights. That's the only reason you're able to do this. That in theory was last year why he came back at that discounted rate was to set himself up for this deal this time around. And that's what played out. So, I'm going to lead off with something that's going to factor into it here. I have been on the books for years and years and years for even when they're paying the tax, finding ways to duck out of a little bit here or there. They haven't done that so far. They have not done that so far this year. They've done what you should do. You're in this situation to win. You have a team that's already won. And now we have a second year to base it off where I think we'd all say, yeah, they looked good enough that they could have done it again. And ownership on this occasion have taken that seriously. They've committed to it. They paid Bobby what he has earned. He's coming back. They've lined up for a similar situation with Pat next year, but they also haven't messed around. They've got Wes Matthews back, Javon Carter back, brought in someone like Joe Ingles on a mid-level. That was not all that expected, but mostly as is the case with everything books, what I was kind of taking for granted, of course, Jordan brought me back down to earth earlier this evening, you know, like, yeah, they probably won't use all of the mid-level or they'll just roll the minimums into the mid-level and, and use it that way. And they didn't do any of that. They actually used the mid-level, all of it, and they've used minimums and they may still add more. That's, you know, I'm not wearing a hat. Jordan is. It's backwards. It's not easy to tape a hat that's backwards. 
but I, I tip my cap to the books, to the ownership, because they did the thing that I've called it for them to do for years that they needed to do. And it means we get last year's team back, which is a positive. They're really good. And now Joe Ingles is added and there's still scope that maybe we see one or two further additions. So in a very uncomplicated way, a few areas into free agency, we can look at the team and be like, oh, they're as good as they were and there's a path to them being better than last year. And not in an abstract, not in a projecting this, projecting that, in a much simpler way. And that is a very nice spot to be in, particularly when we haven't mentioned it yet. <laughs> rest of the NBA is kind of in flux. A lot of other teams, teams of the Eastern Conference, teams of the Western Conference, the kind of teams the books would be worrying about come June that have major questions, major opportunities, but also some big risks facing them. Yeah, I mean, I made the joke um, earlier today that I would, was hoping for this Bucks offseason to be very boring. Um, and Kevin Durant decided to put in a trade request with the Nets a few hours later <laughs> and everything else seems kind of topsy-turvy everywhere else and you know free agency starts and it's not really much of a bang but it's kind of like these little things but the Bucks took care of business I mean obviously Bobby was the biggest piece of business that they had going for themselves and it's just an extension of what happened last year um not the same time frame but after winning a championship and becoming you know, a folk hero essentially around these parts and just finding his fit, not just with, you know, basketball-wise, but just culture, just being in a city that... That's not easy for a guy like Bobby Portis, who we talked about numerous times. He's overqualified to be a bench player, but he's not, like, the perfect starter on every team in the NBA. Um, He's their super sub, six-man kind of... Like, they made a lot of effort to, you know and patience on Bobby's part to reward the Bucks into, hey, you took a flyer on me and I won a championship. We're going to do it again. And, and trust, Jordan, Keith yeah, put in there. Oh. When you look at P.J. Tucker, who exactly. wanted to come back and thought, like, even after Bobby agreed that, Bobby must have had some thoughts over the 12 months since. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, again, that is a lesson to be learned here based on how this season ended. Um, you know, obviously all the breaks kind of went the Bucks' way in 2021, but you lose Chris and, you know, you lose out possibly making out of the East and going to the finals again for the second straight year in a row. And I think for me, seeing the Bucks kind of not, I don't know, I don't want to say cheapen out just because it, it that wasn't totally the case after winning the championship, but PJ, they didn't, again, they didn't have any other mechanism to replace it. They had his bird rights. We talked about it at the time and just talked about ad nauseum, frankly. <laughs> but like, don't make the same mistake because that stuff, again, it affects the margins when you're talking about a series like against the Celtics where they go seven games and they're missing Chris Middleton and just get wiped <laughs> off the floor after having a 3 2 lead. So and I, even I just, even on that, look at PJ Tucker and the contract he gets to Sixers tonight because you could have paid PJ Tucker, and if you wanted to get out of that and she had some salary there, you would have had no shortage of teams willing to give you something of value to take them off the books. Absolutely. So I, I think that's where <laughs> it's not necessarily boring, you know. I would say it is. 
it just to have it be we've gone through so many off seasons where like they've had to answer these big questions they've had to answer you know these questions about their identity and what direction do they go to and all this stuff so to see it on the other side of this and yeah it may not result in another championship i think we all know that but they have put themselves in a position where they know who they are at this point they know the players that they target they they know what they want out of free agents and you know they're always going to have players that want to come to Milwaukee based on the core that they have together and that just goes beyond Chris Giannis and Drew at this point it's Bud it's Horst it's ownership and just blah 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 blah. all the great you know talking points but like that is a real thing at this point so to see first day of free agency shake out this way and Horst you know get all this business done straight away frankly I think that's very encouraging to see and I just I don't know. It's refreshing after a long time when that was not the case. <laughs> it is for sure. Also, uh, not mentioned the fourth year is a player option for Bobby Portis. Uh, we didn't say that up front. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, who like cares? A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might who be cares? more than happy to opt into that. Like, we've no, it's so far away. We don't know who he is, who the books are. Like, who cares? Yeah, and it seems like everyone everyone is happy. Every like no one's complaining about this deal. Pat Connaughton, as soon as the news dropped, he he's tweeting pictures of him and Bobby with some Meek Mill, uh, like sort of sort of saying unfinished business, but like you know not really. Sort of a dreams and nightmares sort of situation, but um, it's a uh, it's it's good vibes all around. You can't really go wrong with this. Bobby was clearly an important important piece for this Bucks team important piece for the city of Milwaukee. I feel like that should not be understated. Everyone loves Bobby. If you let Bobby go, there's going to be, you're, you're not going to live that one down for sure. You're not you can't particularly that. after, after PJ, like exactly. then you're getting people who are even pretty casual about it. And they're like, hold on. They let PJ Tucker go last year. And now they let Bobby Portis go. Like that's the point where it gets weird. And I said this to you guys earlier. We were doing a playback for five hours. We for five hours. Uh, shout out to everyone who came and joined us for it. It was a lot of fun. But there's always been an element of managing the optics, and that is not to say the optics haven't always ultimately trended out in a kind of poor way. But there's always something you can play off. Oh well, this happened because that happened. I don't think they had the out this year. Like. I, I don't think with the decisions they had to make and with the other options that were at their disposal, it would just have been as simple if they were trying to get too creative. It's like, well, that's the line they're not going to cross in terms of what the luxury tax bill is going to be, which a lot of people would be like, hey, that's fair. It's a lot of money and they're the owners. And to that, I'd say, no, they decided they wanted to own the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, you could go buy anything. You've lost money. You could buy anything. You can... Go and buy something that doesn't cost any kind of money like that. But they won a championship. They have a brand that was nothing when they came and bought it. And they deserve credit for it, too, that it is now a global brand. Uh, They've got a helping hand from a global superstar with that. But that is the truth of it. And, you know, not to talk about the cluckery and all the other stuff, all the other stuff that I love to talk about. But they've got all that, too. So it's... You know, it, it's part and parcel of it. For sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, just you couldn't, you couldn't mess this one up. It's a win for every single party involved. Like you were mentioning, just 
actual salary, tradable salary, if it ever comes to that. The Bucks now have a bunch of tradable contracts. We'll get to another one shortly that you've already mentioned, Adam. But uh, the next deal that was announced was Wesley Matthews returning on a one-year minimum contract to the Milwaukee Bucks. This is also something that was kind of expected but less reported, um, probably because not a lot of people care in the national scope of things. But we care. We care about you, Wes. We love this deal. It's you, you, you have to bring him back. You have to bring him back. He provides, especially at a minimum contract level, like he was starting for you in the postseason last year. He was starting for you. You have to bring this guy back. He clearly wants to be a buck. He clearly wants to win with the Bucks. It's just another win. I mean, the other element with this and not a whole lot of reporting or kind of, we all got blindsided last time by West. We're in this situation where he keeps his cards close to his chest, it seems. And maybe the alternative, like this time around, could have been he's at a point in his career where he's like, yeah, retirement. But the unfinished business for him is more real than anyone else. Even and if he's, the Bucks, he's if still the really Bucks good. Didn't want him back, exactly. If the Bucks didn't want him back for some reason, let's say, he would have found another team. Yeah, but I don't 100%. know. Does he want another team at this point? Like, it's not that he's he can't uh... do it, but he, he may be at a point. And I, I think he has kind of dropped some hints that he's not too far away from this. He's pretty pragmatic about it. He's in the home stretch. And, like, being on a team one this good to his his home state, his hometown, I guess if we extend to Marquette, um, although he is from Madison, so I don't want to get into dicey waters here. But his home team, as home as he could get. Yeah. Um, he, it is, but you see, he's the weird guy who he can, and you often see it in articles, he gets the, oh, training camp's in Madison, and it's like, oh, it's hometown for West Matches, and then anything in Milwaukee, the Marquette thing, you get it's hometown for West Matches. I don't know. I, I wonder what his appetite would be to go and get a little bit more money and play for, what team do I want to insult? The Washington Wizards, like, I don't know. Does he care? Like, well, does he have even... the appetite or the drive to do that? That's very different to, oh, this is the team. One, these are guys like some of the players have changed, obviously from his first team, but the core guys are the same players he was with. His first stint, he's now gone through it again. He's played well. They were close. Uh, like it, it makes a lot of sense that if he wants to keep going, this is the team he wants to do it with. But you didn't hear a whole lot beforehand because I think that's who he is. Like we learned that last time when it was truly stunning. You're like, what? He's leaving his hometown team to go to the Lakers. Jordan can attest. I did not let that go for a long time until he came back, basically. But that did tell us something about Wes and the way he makes these decisions. And honestly, I think this played into it, too. It's just very close to his chest, all business. And it's just like, oh, there's his decision. And we don't hear about it before then, and we probably won't talk all that much about it after. I think that Lakers thing, too, is very just how that played out and just how much of a disaster that season was. Mm-hmm. Um, not just for him, but that whole team. <laughs> um, I think that kind of just puts it at home, uh, pardon the pun, but like you've seen, the, you've gone to the other side and see if you want the grass to be greener. That's not where could the grass be greener than the good lands? Exactly. Good land green. Um, you can't leave the good land green, Wes. And it's 
he's and he's had a role. I mean, I know he was more. It was different circumstances when he was, you know, looking at the looked at as the guy that's, hey, you're replacing Malcolm Brogdon to start starting lineup. Yeah, they're not the same players, but that was like a symbolic thing of it and hometown kid making good and all that stuff. And for a while there, he was on the one of the best books teams ever, <laughs> and then it just went to crap. Um, but I just think he was more amiable to his role and knew he's you know not a spring chicken anymore and still had a crazy big role in that playoff run you know that was obviously you know went to the tilt with the Celtics so I, I don't know I just think again it's kind of like a lot of these guys are it's the same thing where you need a veteran voice you have someone that's very familiar with but obviously trust him and will go through all certain things him and Drew too that was a big thing that I think Eric Name wrote during the playoff run that they wanted to play together earlier in their career so it's I'm not surprised that he's he's doing another year here and hopefully it's you know it rewards into a championship I think we're also underselling how elite of a defender he is still <laughs> like yeah exactly at this age at this stage of his career he still brings massive massive positive value to this team and to any team he could have potentially wanted to go to if he, that was a thing like you mentioned that I think that's true, but also it helps him to be the individual defender he still is at this age on a team that also has Drew and Giannis and Brooke. Like, if you put him in a lesser team, I don't know how well that holds up if you don't have that level of help, if all the other players aren't dealing with their assignments in the way they should Yeah, just buy in on defense as a team. 100%. So I, I do think the two things are working. Like, he's a brilliant defender and he's become so so important again for the books in that front but he is kind of enabled to be that by the caliber of defenders like the all nba type defenders that are around them too and even probably in the playoffs when we talked up his defense a lot deservedly so we probably didn't touch on that enough which is like drew is a big part in west's defense being as good as it is Giannis is brook is and that's fine. Like, that's not any knock on him. Um, it's like, that's that's a team sport. And that's how the books play defense in terms of their scheme. So I, I think that is true. But also, like, if he's being pretty pragmatic about it, and also, like, we talk about a player at the end of their career, everyone wants to finish strong. Like to, to cross sports here, and obviously we just saw Lorenzo Kane with the Brewers. Like no one wants that version of an ending, something that's really good. And in Wes's head, not only is he back home on a thriving team, a recent champion with a chance to pick up another championship and get a ring of his own, but he's looking really good out there doing it. Like no one's memory right now is going to be like, oh, Wes Matthews was really washed by the time he came to Milwaukee. That's got to appeal too. Like from a selfish point of view, an egotistical point of view. Like they can give you the best of all things in terms of your team, your chance to win, but also you're going to look better as a result because they're a really good team filled with good and unselfish players. For sure. hundred percent. It just buys it like this entire Bucks culture has been, it's been touted as, as a thing. Of course it, it initially started as a, just a jab at heat culture and whatever violence and steroids that is. Uh, but Bucks culture is actually it's a thing. It's, it's, it's proving time and time and again that it's actually a thing. You see this with the energy of bringing guys back like Bobby Portis, like Wes Matthews, 
like Javon Carter, who is returning on a two-year deal with a player option uh, for the second year on a minimum, uh, as Adam is uh, likes to remind me because I keep forgetting, but I remember this time he is still getting paid by the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, because I like to remind the Nets as well, as if their day isn't tough enough. Like That's how the Bucks can get Javon on a minimum. We did talk about this kind of back half of the season. It's like, yeah, you play well enough that there's probably a team out there that could give him, like, I don't know, biannual exception maybe. Like, something just a little bit more. Uh, but you don't have to worry about it. Give him a couple of years, the security of that as an option, player option the second year, it will be important to him. But he'll be happy to take that because the Brooklyn Nets are still paying him to not play for them. And what a fantastic decision that was, Brooklyn. We really appreciate it. Or it's that, and also, like, maybe he just wants to stay close to GSPN. Sure. That's yeah. a, that's certainly uh, an alternate idea. I mean, are we going to get him back on? So we think we can... We'll try. We'll see what happens. No problem. You know, multiple-year contracts, the walls, may, the walls may have come up around them in a way that they weren't right that. We'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> regarding that. But, yes, Javon Carter coming back. This is something that we wanted, uh, at least Ty and I wanted. I know you two were like open to this as well. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, I, I wasn't sure if it was actually going to happen because Javon, like Javon Carter, his player type, his player archetype, unfortunately is one of those types of players who sort of gets lost in the shuffle of sort of off-season to off-season work. And I was, I was really hoping this wasn't the case, but I was thinking maybe he's going to be a casualty of the Bucks off-season. Don't have to worry about that. He was at the premiere of Rise. It's all good. He is back <laughs> with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's good. It's very good. We, we saw in his brief tenure with Milwaukee thus far how impactful of a defender he can be. How, in fact, like as a point of attack defender, as just like a stopper in terms of like getting, getting into people's airspace, just being an agitator, that kind of defender because it's not like he's the biggest dude out there, but he's still a very, very strong defender because he's strong, first of all. And two, he just knows how to get under, like get into the airspace of other players, knows how to leverage his size really well, knows how to actually just like, you know, play solid defense. And again, for a team that's defensive-minded, you can never have too many of those types of players. Javon Carter fits right in. It also opens the door for like, what's happening with George Hill? Uh, is that something that's going to be a move that's made later in the offseason? Are the Bucks going to try and trade his, him and his salary? Uh, does so that play? Javon can, yeah, does he? I mean, is he, is he going to be an active player? Is, is he not going to like, is he going to retire? Yeah, it's a that's a very, those are very real questions. It I mean, question. rare did a guy lose money on the table to retire? That's my one thing on that, but. Sure. We, we don't really, I mean, we did get some updates. I don't want to bring us to the health talk just yet. I feel like there will be a natural point where health and injuries will factor into this conversation very soon. Um, but we did get something of an update from John Horst, but it was in, not, it, it was Hill, wasn't it? That he would, ref, he refused to, he was asked a pretty straight question about like, did he have surgery or not? And the response was like, yeah, you can have surgery or you can not have surgery. And, it was it was very Aaron Rodgers. I've been immunized. That's like what the the response was, which I don't understand. I don't know why you just wouldn't be like, yeah, he had surgery and he's recovering, or no, he actually didn't need surgery. But we've been down this road before. We know how that works. Um, but we don't know where 
his health is, how his body's feeling and where the appetite is to go again. I just, my one thing on that is I do think if he's retiring, do you not think we'd have heard something soonish, like something even a week or two ago? Maybe, potentially. To let the draft go, to let free agency go, and then, like, don't decide in August, oh, hey, I'm retiring. You know, it's... What did Steve I mean, it's, it's his decision, but... Didn't Nash retire retired in, in season? season? Yeah. Because he had the Grantland his... video series? Yeah. I think he, I think he retired mid-season. I'll double-check. I mean, uh, the one thing on Javon is to... Retired, like, in September. He wanted to come back, to Like, it's not... There's not, like, a... I don't know. It's the Lorenzo Cain thing. I just thought sometimes the game retires you. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, and that is, honestly, between Wes and George right now, you are seeing the differences of how their body's holding up and what that allows them to be late in their career. Because you all remember what George was before the books had to get rid of him last time. Yeah. He was amazing. He was yes. really, really great for the books. Um, frequently third to fourth best player in big games, which was a part of the books' problem at that time, was they weren't getting performance out of the guys who should have been, namely Eric Bledsoe. Um, and if it isn't for George even showing kind of the path to that, like that version of George and kind of projecting George, good template for just trying to have some impression of. What what if that was Drew Holiday? You know what would what would that look like? Like because an earlier in his career, George not at Drew's level, but definite similarities in their game. Um, so that's interesting too. On Javon, the one thing I want to say on that is, uh, your rice talk about his defense. His defense is crucial. I think the thing that stops him from falling through the gaps is that he shot the lights out. If he doesn't shoot the lights out, I don't know if he's back. I will be very interested. In See how that holds that- up. I mean, he has shown to be a good shooter before. Like, it's not like it came out of nowhere. But obviously, you're not going to shoot 55% even on a 20-game sample size. Um, But what if he does? I mean... Be very welcome. We'd be very happy. Javon Carter is going to be an all-star. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Hey, I mean, like, I'm not not down, you know? (laughs) like I would would be down with that, too. I'm not like, like I'm not not down to push that propaganda. <laughs> I'm like yeah. I'm open. Like Jordan, you you do not know what you just unleashed. <laughs> the door has been open. I'm pretty sure I've heard that on the Eurostep episode before. Anyway, I don't think that's no. Yeah. I was crazy. Carter, I think it was crazy. Uh, his oh, numbers gonna be in the Raptors soon. Oh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> no, Dude, think... Do you know how much? Like, do you know how great that would be for us? <laughs> I don't think that will be anyone's reaction. People will be watching the banner go up and be like, wow, what a big win for GSPN. (laughs) Hey, it was when that guy was wearing a shirt, uh, winning six shirt at game six against Celtics. That was kind of a win. GSPNstore.com, by the way. There there wouldn't be like winning six or Eurostep branding on the banner, to my knowledge. That would seem like a big leap uh, from maybe our current... Our current relationship, the, the non-existent one with the Milwaukee books. So, but I mean, if they want to put our branding on a banner, it should probably be on Pat's. Means... But we'll we'll take we'll take whatever we can get there. But no, I think Rohan is right about saying this one was a little bit more in doubt just because he frankly didn't play in the Celtic series outside of games one and a little bit two. 
Um, and again, Javon's like one of those guys where it's like, it's hard to think that he has much of a market outside of the minimum, unfortunately, but he brings something valuable to any team that he goes, whether it's just being the guy that's just head down and works really hard and, you know, gets into people, hits shots, all that stuff. There's going to be use for that. You're, I mean, look at Ish Smith. He's on his 13th team right now. And yeah, you're not going to be like, oh, <laughs> Dreamy, I got an Ish Smith jersey or stuff like that. But there is, there is use in those guys just being NBA players and finding their niche wherever they go. Like, I, I think from that perspective and just seeing where the Bucks are with the point guard position, just how they have viewed, valued it outside of just, you know, making the big trade for Drew. They just haven't, I don't know. They, it's, it's been, I, I, Adam and I have certainly wanted them to kind of put a little bit more investment in it. So if you see a guy that, you know, gets waived midseason, does spectacularly well, even, you know, given the role that he had with the Bucks upon coming here, hold on to it. Don't, don't let that go because God knows you might just be thinking about that all season long and not having to answer that question. Or even if you're not, years later, it could come back and you're like, oh, Christian Wood. Oh, Gary Payton II. You know, like they have had guys who've got on to be very useful one way or another that like GP2, that's long removed now. But in oh, theory, my... there's there's nothing stopping the books. Why would he us in three years? No, 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 no. Where's he? Who's, which contender is he driving up? I said us in three years. Oh, okay. Just a reminder, the actual, do you want to know the amounts that um, Javon has contracted with the Brooklyn Nets for next season? Yes. $3.925 million. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Thanks. Joe Sai, thank you very much. Wow. That's great. uh, That that really does. Like, the Nets did the books such a favor there because it opens it up in a big way that, you know, it, maybe there yeah. were those other offers there, and he could just be like, no, I mean, I've, I'm getting paid anyway, and I like it here, and this is a good place to be on a contender. I feel this is a good place to develop. I would guess there have been conversations about his role because given just even the conversation he had with you and Ty when he first arrived and his own belief in himself, I, I definitely think he would have finished the season disappointed at the moments where he didn't get the chance to play and contribute. So. I fully expect some more opportunity for him going forward. Like this isn't just he's moved up a category, I think in the pecking order, just by going through this process and the books being like, bring him back. He is no longer in the, you know, emerging from the battle for minutes at the back part of the rotation. He may still find himself toward the back of the rotation, but I I think he's more of a fixture that we're going to have to write in and pen rather than pencil. And I think it's a good development for the books, and I'm very happy for him. I think he's a guy that just generally, to your points, Jordan, when you talked about, like, what's the market ever really going to be? I think he could fight most of his career year to year to stay in the NBA. But right now he's doing that, and he's playing quite well, and he's making a good living. And there are guys who they have to do it that way but they managed to last a full career. They managed to get eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years out of it. And when all said and done, they look back, they're like, wow, I played however many thousand NBA games I made, however many millions of dollars. And like, now my jersey's going up in Pfizer. 
Sure. And that's, that's the dream though. Like, at a very simple level, that's the NBA dream. As much as everyone wants to be a champion, everyone wants to be an all-star. It's like, who doesn't want to just be like a long 10-year NBA pro? And he's on the path for that. And that's, again, why like that player option, if he's a good year, he could just be like, I'm out of it. But that player option, like that second year of the deal, that means something to him. That's That means he knows next year that it's there for him. Like yep. he's not, it's not in a position where the books couldn't just decide to cut ties or something went really wrong. If injury factored in, but generally you're going to be like, well, they're going to keep him, and he's going to get two more years in the NBA and hopefully two more years with the books where he continues to, to impress and improve. Great bench guy as well. Fantastic yeah. bench guy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. That's a good transition. Yeah. I think we've got to, I, I don't know if you can put this off any longer, Ron. I think you've got another, like, top-tier bench guy in the mix now. So, uh, the, the last Don't year... introduce it like this. Okay, there are okay, people okay, okay. who may Let me try, let me try this excited. again. Let me try this again. Australia, so, are you awake? Are you alive are you... right now? Scream for me, Perth! Scream! <laughs> Okay, um, so the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, as announced by Renee Ingles, signed, a, signed Joe Ingles to a one-year contract, which was later reported to be for the entire taxpayer mid-level exception. You start it. I'm, I, whatever. I just saw Jordan make a face, which just scared the life I out think, of me. There. Sorry, I think he's going to be double zero. No way. That, okay. That was Wikipedia. Why would that, I already know? Why would they already know his uh, his jersey number? I, I think that's say, also the joke jersey that Andrew was going to send to Rohan. Andrew was going with the ball zero, but I don't think it was with the intent of it being his real number. Also, Joe Ingles is from uh, Happy Valley. He is I from believe, Happy Valley. I believe we all uh, deserve to be 
residents of there on this news. Well, okay, let me let me take this over and let me set the scene a little bit for you know. I know how many people listen to our podcast. I know how many people are in the playback room. There's plenty of people in there. Plenty of our diehard listeners. There were a lot of people who were not. Uh, this news broke at the time I was on stage with Jordan. Andrew Snyder was with us. And so was Ron Cuddy. Ty Winters took the night off to go and watch the Timber Rattlers baseball, which so you make your own judgments on that. I was happy. Jordan was happy. Andrew was happy for us. Rohan was furious. We'll have a clip up on Twitter. So if you want to, like, you're hearing me say Rohan was furious. You've got something in your mind. And it is not living up to just how mad he was about this. And that was before the price came out. Before we learned it was the mid-level, the full mid-level. And then it was just like, forget about it. We lost Rohan for about 20 minutes. I mean, he was there. He was on screen. Uh, but he he was not contributing. So, do you want to, Rohan, do you want to lead off with, or is it better to Jordan you, and I? You, you, you can we start, we start with the good, and then you, you can. Yeah. Okay. I really like the move. It remains to be seen whether it's the right decision to use the full mid-level. But to this point, I'm not seeing the alternatives. I'm not seeing a whole lot where I'm like, well, that's five, six options where the books are guaranteed to get one of them. There are a couple things that are interesting. Todd Young was one you brought up a playback, Rowan. I don't think the books had the kind of role or minutes for Todd Young that the Raptors have. So the guy at his stage in his career, I don't know if you managed to swing that one um Lonnie Walker certainly very interesting him going to the Lakers at that price the Lakers are their own thing though and right now who knows what they look like who knows what he thinks he's joining they're just also the Lakers so I I find it tough to say okay well they're comparable as in the books could definitely have had their pick of those guys JaVale McGee being heavily rumored as someone the books were after we saw him get the full mid-level for three years. He's 34, right? He's under contract till he's 37. 35. 35? It's insane. Like, in great shape. Very athletic for a big of his age. Crazy, crazy the years. This is a one-year deal. I love it. Joe Ingles is not currently healthy. He tore his ACL back in January. That brought an end to... Was well, frankly a really illustrious career with the Jazz. Like we talked about banners. He's probably a guy whose jersey will end up retired with the Jazz. Uh, he's certainly someone who like was the face, the voice, the heart, the soul of the Jazz through what has been a, a very successful in a relative sense period for the team. And as Jordan noted on the playback, they got rid of Joe Ingles and the wheels kind of came off the Jazz in a whole bunch of ways. And look at the change that's happened since. Look at the change that continues to happen in the next few days. Great guy. On and off the court. Will be great in the community in Milwaukee, along with his wife. As I made the comparison already, very Drew and Lauren Holiday in terms of just where their heart is, the the effort they put into causes they care about, 
in promoting good. I think Bucks fans are just going to love him as a guy to be around the team. Great character, very funny, always a good interview. Like uh, Joe Ingles is around long enough that I think everyone knows that. From a basketball point of view, he just checks so many boxes of what the books have been missing and a kind of player they haven't got before. He gives you a three slash four, I think, at this point in his career. That's a player we've seen before. We've seen the books relentlessly go after guys who can play that role, guys who can play that role and shoot. He's arguably the best shooter they've they've got for that version of it. Like Kyle Korver being more of a wing when they try that. I think like he's a more a of a sharp shooter than a Marvin Williams or a Nikola Mirotic. Like if the shot stays to what it has been throughout a lot of his career, he's a dead eye in a way the books haven't had. What maybe excites me most though is he is a phenomenal passer. Like a really interesting guy to have in the mix as just an auxiliary playmaker, the kind that the books, if Chris Middleton goes down injured, or just if Giannis is on the bench, the offense goes stagnant because you don't have enough guys who can make really good reads, execute difficult passes, keep the ball in motion, and just make really high-quality offensive plays. Joe Ingles is absolutely top tier at that. I understand the concerns that my... My esteemed colleague and friend, Rowan Caddy, we'll get into in a minute. His age, the injury. My counter to that is, you look at who he is, you look at his game, you look at his body type. There are very few players that I would be less concerned about with that particular injury holding up to what they do best coming out the other side of it than I am with Joe Ingles. There is an element of a gamble here. But the books feel it's worth it, and they see something they like. And maybe you don't do this now, and no one signs them right now. But if that's the case, and then January comes around, and the reports come out, and you've got Woj and Sham Sweet, and he's working out, and he looks really good, you're then in a race of all the contenders wanting Joe Ingles in the roster. You may not get him, and it's a different deal altogether. So you've brought everyone back, bander back together. This is like one of your free shots. You may have another with a minimum, but. You've got your team from last year, which you know is really good. They're prepared to take a flyer with the cost. Again, I'm going to salute them because this is costly for the risk involved. But given the alternatives, I don't think that's like a reckless or or undue risk they're taking. I think he's a really interesting fit as a player and one of the best possible fits you could have of any NBA player for the books culture that we've talked about that now exists and the kind of guys who are there like he is perfect as a book quote-unquote book and what the idea of that now is jordan keep going with the good (laughs) okay let's see if Um, we can talk long enough to like pummel him into submission where he's just (laughs) coming out the other side he's like you know what that is a strong strong phrase (laughs) i think your point, though, about the timing of this happening. Yes, he is injured. He's rehabilitating from his ACL injury. Um, he's 30 going on 35, correct? He's 30 going on 35? He's 34 <laughs> going on 35. 34 going on 35, that's right. Um, 
yeah, age is not on his side. It's it's harder for an older player to come back from that injury. I guess, especially for a player that's not built on athleticism. You know what I mean? He, we're not talking about an athlete like Giannis here or anything like that. Joe Ingles has been cut from teams, even including like the Clippers. I know that um, Andrew mentioned the story of being <laughs> cut preseason when his wife was on his way on to the watch play. it. On the plane. Yeah. So it's not like he's a, a success story in terms of just the path that he went down and becoming an integral part of that jazz team. And I mean, it's very easy to make fun of them and all that stuff, but they were still a successful team. They were still in the hunt in the West in a very crowded West for a long time. And Joe Ingles proven player. They were, they're like, I, I don't think we're in a position to make fun of them too much because if the books don't get over the hump and win a championship, we know exactly they, they're, they're the books of the last few years. Like we know exactly that. Right? Exactly. And I think to hammer this home, I don't think you're not going to, if, if Joe Ingles, if, was a perfect world. If Joe Ingles is healthy, we didn't have to a- ask these questions. Maybe, yeah, age is not that great, but like we're talking about him two years ago when he was, you know, one of the best three point shooters in the NBA. He's still, I mean, he's a 40% career three point shooter. So that is, that will still be intact. But this would never have happened if it wasn't for his injury. They could not have done this deal. There would not have been the urgency from the, from Ingles to, you know, essentially do a make good deal. Um, and I think there's plenty of mo- motivation there on his side to obviously extend his NBA career. Um, he's coming to Milwaukee Bucks, you know, medical staff that helped rehabilitate Brooke Lopez on a not very friendly <laughs> timeline. It's not easy coming back from a, a back surgery mid-season and still largely looking like yourself, even with and at, at the same kind of age too, like bad injury for your position. They're entirely different injuries, but in terms of age, injury profile, trying to recover, there is some similarities with that. Absolutely. And I just, I mean, if you look at the the landscape, I know it wasn't like a, you know, it was a lot of deals, but it wasn't a lot, a lot of the big names that kind of headlined this free agency class before Kevin Durant blew it up. <laughs> um, again, they're I, like the guys that I was kind of like, hey, that would be an interesting name. Kyle Anderson went for two years, $18 million. Okay, that's out of your you know, the non or the taxpayer MLE. Lonnie Walker was an interesting bet from the Lakers, but we're talking about a different type of player, different class of player. He's more unproven. He has, you know, a lot to figure out. It's not like, you know, I wouldn't have felt as confident about it as I am now with Ingles, as crazy as that might sound to some. Well, the, um, the key thing on that is what does the role of the books have to offer Lonnie Walker? Like with a straight face, and how does he feel like that, as opposed to Joe Ingles at this point, who, like, if the books are like, well, we'll see how you look when you come back. Like, you're going to be a bench player, and whether you're a 10-minute guy or a 20-minute guy is going to depend on you. Like, you can't sell Lonnie Walker at his point in his career, where I do think that's a bargain for the Lakers, but he could start for the Lakers. Like, the Lakers have a lot of really bad players. Joe Ingles <laughs> yeah. could start for the Lakers today. That's also I love that you're see you're now you're talking. I also, I mean, are you gonna sell? How are you selling that to Bud though? Too, again, that's that's a big thing of where we're at. It's a veteran player that you can trust, even with all the question marks that obviously surround Joe right now. So I think from all that, and just you know, it's both given his situation and the situation of just free agents that were available and everything. 
I think this is a very interesting route. I think this is, they were down a wing, as John Horst has talked about a lot and everything like that. They have given themselves a little bit more comfort room in that, I mean, it's a bigger rotation than I can even remember. Even, you know, after they got Pat, they had Sterling, they had, I'll count Malcolm as a wing, even though he was more of an off-ball guard. Um, for any other players that were in that that year, but like you're talking about West, you're talking about Ingles, you're talking about uh, Marjan now, you're talking about um, Pat Grayson. That's five players that you can turn into and play in all sorts of different lineups, and they're they're not all the same player. There's different utilities. There's plenty of utility in terms of. Yeah, you mentioned Bobby there, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't mention Bobby. Like, Bobby oh. is Bobby is if Brooks healthy, like Bobby is still a bench player. Like it's yeah. it's pretty absurd. Yeah. So from that standpoint, like they have the ability to be patient with his rehabilitation, just not speeding that faster, where he's not going to look as great if he comes back too early. And this could just work out, you know, even if it's modest. Uh, uh, Joe Engel is a very productive player even if it's, you know, less of what we've seen before prior to his injury. So I think there's a lot of things going in the Bucks direction, whether that pays off and, you know, follows the execution that remains to be seen. But again, I was not anticipating them going, I don't think it's going to be full on the league considering the new tax or new figures for like the cap and tax and all that stuff. But it's more than I thought that they would spend. And it's not a player that fits them. Yeah. That's actually a good point because we're calling full MLE and it was reported as that, but that's not, it that's, was what would have been full prior. MLE based on projections two days ago. Yeah. But MLE is actually like 10 million now for taxpayers. I just saw that with the, the Bulls and they actually paid Andre Drummond a very similar amount to Joe Ingalls and it was being reported as coming from the 10 million of their taxpayer MLE, which also means that's, that's what I saw. I think it was John Hollinger who tweeted with- that. What's his name with Levine? Well, who knows what Levine's doing? Also, it's funny about the Bulls. Uh, they they had to use their mid level because they uh, used the biannual exception on Tristan Thompson uh, during the uh, middle of the season last year. So great, great job, Chicago, as always. Yeah, um, it was Bobby Marks ten ten and a half million dollars taxpayer mid mid level now. So it actually isn't. I don't know if that makes you feel better because there's actually more, but. Do any of the teams know that? Because no one has been operating using all of their mid-level, which is pretty weird. Who knows? Maybe contracts get altered. Who knows? One, one thing I will say before handing it over to you to give your perspective on this, just to very quickly, um, and this is just like national championships, continental championships, EuroLeague champion, Israeli league champion, Jordan, I'm sure can get us some more info on that, two-time Spanish league champion, NBL champion, and we've already touched on the impact he's had on making the Jazz as good as they are. Also, obviously, a central figure of the Australian national team over the past decade um, and key to helping them get their first Olympic medal when they got bronze at the last Olympic Games. Like, I'm not saying that to be glib. He has been a winner everywhere, and there's multiple ways you look at that, which is one, he's a good influence, good guy to around. He's going to gonna help to encourage a winning atmosphere which the books already have lots of guys who do that another one is only going to be even better but also that's one hell of a resume and there's one thing missing and 
why he would want to be a book is not up for debate at all. That GSPN interview. That's what's missing. Win in six. After after your outburst tonight, I think we'll have to we'll pretend win in six is not affiliated with Rowan Cotty. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. It's we're trying to get the interview. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Once once the uh, clip is out there, it goes viral. This guy freaking out about Joe Ingalls. Okay. So now that I've been set up to be the bad guy here, uh, which I'm fully embracing, I'll, I'll embrace. You did it yourself. Yeah, no one else did it. Yeah, I set myself up to be the bad guy. First and foremost, uh, Joe Ingles is a fantastic human being, uh, one that most people should aspire to be. That type of human. Uh, him and his family do great work in every community they're a part of. I applaud that. I respect the hell out of that. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy that he's going to be able to bring that to the community of Milwaukee. I have two questions first. Okay, now that that's done. I have two questions. One, who were they bidding against? No idea. Exactly. Sure, no idea. It two. Does, doesn't mean they weren't, but I have no idea. Exactly. Like, these are unknowns. Mm-hmm. Two, what were their other options? Like, you mentioned some names. We don't know if the Bucks were actually in the mix for those players, like a Lonnie Walker, like a Thad Young. We don't know if they were in the mix for those players or not. So we can't it's, – it's difficult to compare those deals because we – genuinely don't know the specifics of it the the one thing and jordan touched on it there that i'd say about alani walker aside from the lakers are the lakers and the books are the books regardless of what the actual on-court product says i mean malik Monk went to the kings when i'm assuming the lakers wanted him back but i i think that what you've got to you've got to consider that it's it's not just the case of what is this guy in terms of their potential? It is, as Jordan said, like, how do you sell this to Bud and how do Horst and Bud envision this player coming in being a part of the rotation? And I think a key part of that, and the more you think about it now, it's like, it's something that has become more obvious with the books in the past few years. They do not have guys on their roster where it's like, if it doesn't work out and he doesn't get playing time. It's going to be a problem or he's going to be, he's going to be unsettled. I'm not saying like Lonnie Walker is a problem, but Lonnie Walker is at a point in his career where he has big ambitions and he will want to really bounce back out of this free agency and make sure next time he finds himself in this position, he's getting a much look at Look at what that did to Bobby Portis. Uh, For sure. But the books are in a very different spot now than they were when they took that flyer on Bobby Portis. And I'm not saying I would like the books to take more risks like that. I'm constantly calling for that. But there is also an understanding at this point that that is not how they operate. They they want the guy. If Joe Ingles does not work out, I think this is the key part of their decision-making process. It's like, what is the cost? Honestly, the cost, the biggest part of the cost is to the owners. It's the financial cost. We don't care about that. We do not care at all. So... Like we can move past that. We no one beside no one should care about that. Is <laughs> Joe Ingles going to be a good teammate? Yes. Is he going to pass on what he sees, his expertise and knowledge to his teammates throughout it? Could he be someone who helps a rookie with some shooting problems, but some promising wing potential, like Marjan Beauchamp? Like I'm not saying this is his primary role, but worst case scenario, I think you still see a part where you're like, he's not going to disrupt anything. 
fans are going to like him because he's a good character and he's going to be a really good positive presence to the community teammates are going to like him respect him because he's had a really decorated career and he's known to be a great teammate and a guy that people like to be around if that's the worst of it and he's the 15th man you're always going to have 15th man and as crazy as it sounds and i know part of what's kind of like bristling for you is if you're paying your mid-level for the 15th man that's just kind of how the chips fall because the books only have a couple of cards to play and you're going to spend x amount on someone and x amount on someone else and the only way it doesn't happen that way is if they actually cheap out and do what jordan said they could have done which is resign javon and wes using the mid-level like it's ultimately for them it's what do you want to do because they don't have enough roster spots this year to even just be like, well, you know, Joe Ingles isn't worth the full mid-level. So we're going to give you three and a half million from that, Joe. And three million is going to go over here. Like, they don't have roster spots even. So it's like, they're using it or what? Like, the cost is to the owners, and that's it. We will see what else they do, if anything. They may just do nothing else now, because they they do technically have a roster that could be full. I don't believe that's the case. I think we will see more moves. And then maybe we can weigh in with some more judgment either way. Immediately, the moves around it, though, haven't made me taught a whole lot. And I think the worst case scenario with Joe Ingles is not actually costing the books anything. It's not making them any worse on the court. Okay. Well said. Uh, also, uh, fresh reporting, uh, Jake Fisher saying that uh, Gary Payton II is getting his most lucrative offer at $8 million from the Portland Trailblazers. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, can I, make, can I make one more point? Of course. On this? I, don't know if we're, I don't know if we're moving on or not. Come on. We, no, we're no, continuing no, to go until, until when Roland talks. I know, I know. He keeps throwing it back to us. He keeps giving us the ball and then being <laughs> like... Um, I hate to use this word because it was used um, in a very specific way in Buck's lore a couple years ago. Uh-oh. And a decision I did not agree with at the time. I still do not agree with. Do I think the Bucks team, if they brought everybody back that was free agents that, you know, we're not talking about any newcomers like Joe Ingles. If everybody came back and they were healthy, do I think that they could have, you know, as that roster constructor, as you know, the big players, you know, were in the rotation. Could they win a championship next year? Yes. I'm not saying the Joe Ingles edition alone tips that over, but I do think in within this roster, he is a luxury. Yes, he's the bonus. He's the bonus. And considering it's just a one-year deal, we're not talking about a three-year, $20 million deal like JaVale McGee at Barks Target that was that, I that is like, a oh, wild can... deal, by the way. It is a very wild deal. If in that context, like if again, given where we are, Gary Harris, like that was another guy, like, yeah, he's a bi- nice buy low guy that he reclaimed his career with a with the magic after kind of you know going wayward with um with the nuggets and everything like that. He was out of their price range, out of the Bucks price range. So from that, all that standpoint of like it's just one year if it works out. That'll be great. But the number that he's at is not insignificant. 6.5 million is a lot. And considering where we were talking about the Bucks trade assets, like I don't think I ideally I would like this to work out as is because I think 
Joe Ingles, the player, I think that's probably one of the better additions that you can make to this team. And as Adam said, like the archetype of the player, he just kind of fits them in so many different ways. And he's a borderline, like, unique player in a way that we talk, you can't just find another center like Brooke. Yep. There, there aren't really another, like, if you want to try a player like this, it's like, go find the other Joe Ingles. Doesn't really exist. I kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I mean, I don't think he's nearly the pass or anything like that, but like Pat has a little bit of, of what Joe has, but he's way more athletic. It's not the same. Yeah. And the passing is what makes Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles at the same time. The feel of the game and all that stuff. So again, I think they hit, this is a strategic move from, from, by them. There is kind of an out if it doesn't work out. They have, you know, I don't want to bring up Shemi Ojale or Rodney Hood or these guys that have not worked. But we've DJ seen them get out of I, Exactly. DJ Augustin, we've seen them get out of when I thought that just wasn't going to work at all. And none of them, PJ Tucker. It's not going to always work out that way. But I don't know. I, I think it's a savvy move from them and it shows some foresight and vision that I just thought, hey, if you just bring everybody back, that'd be great. George Hill, Joe Ingles is $10.5 million in salary. That is not the kind of salary the books have had the ability to go after at the deadline. Like, if Horst throws in four second rounders like he likes to do with something like that, like, that could get you something different to what the books are in the ballpark for in previous years. It could. It could. They might have to, uh, considering <laughs> that. Uh, it's true. They might have. But that's that's ultimately a good use of that. Like compared to if they, for example, like if they like him and they like him enough for that, it it is giving them more options again by using again, that like, amount I, of I'm, money. I'm wondering, like I, again, we can't answer this. I'm wondering who they're bidding against. Why, if it's such a risk, you couldn't get a fly? But why? Why does that matter? Why? Why does in terms of the bidding so, against is about the because price? Because like, really. you, you could you you could take them like. Is it possible to do minimum and go and try and get someone else too? I'm assuming it's minimum was not an option because you just give minimum otherwise. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was some interest. I'd say the books possibly. Yeah. And I do think part of this is you're going in aggressive because they really, really like him. Feel there's an opportunity to get a kind of player they can't just get otherwise. Like it, the last few months do make it. They kind of tar where he's at in a very different way. Like if if we had told if this was a year ago, Ron, and we were like, the books are gonna pick up Joe Ingles. Like they're gonna have exactly the same roster, and they're just gonna pick up Joe Ingles in free agency for six point five million dollars. You'd be like, What Joe Ingles on top of what they had? He may not recover to that level. But for the books, like the kind of flyers that they're in a position to take there aren't many as good as that in terms of this is a guy who was a starter or like a standout, like a six man of the year contender for many years on one of the top teams in the league. That's true. That's true. But we're also seeing like, this is a guy just on his face. Again, respect the hell out of Joe Ingles. This is a guy on his face, 34 years old, coming off a significant knee injury. Even we're seeing guys younger than him struggle with this sort of it. I know they've made a ton of progress. ACL injuries are not what they used to be. They're not a death sentence like they used to be. What is going on with Kawhi Leonard? 
what is going on with Jonathan Isaac? How's Jamal Murray doing? We have heard zero news about these players who have sustained the same exact injury at a much, much younger and more athletic prime than Joe Ingles is currently at. I've heard a lot about maybe not Isaac. Isaac. I'll take I'll take I'll take Isaac out of it. Uh, Isaac's Isaac's done some stuff. Oh, heard yeah, a well, lot of stuff. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. Don't I should not don't have know what treatments. Don't know what treatments he's got. Uh, but if, like to the Kawhi points. To the Kawhi points. Dario Sarge. What's he up to? Yeah, Dario Sarge to go. Kawhi's had a lot of injuries and has a lot of minutes on the clock. Which is Joe Ingles has a lot of minutes on the clock. He has been remarkably healthy throughout his career. Uh, like looking here, 79 games, 81 games, 82, 82, 82, 72, 67, 45. Obviously, he's turning miles. down. He's in the back half of his crew. How many guys are the books really? Like, it's the story of the books roster. Like, it's the story of Brooke Lopez. It's honestly, at this point, like someone like Bobby Portis is a veteran. Um, I, it just, that doesn't, it doesn't concern me. Like to bring out the thing that there's, we a, there's, about a mass, there's a massive risk involved in this. I know you you both recognize that. I'm not saying you guys don't. Yeah. But there's a massive, massive risk involved in this. You are using the one asset that you have to go get a quality player in the offseason in terms of signing a free agent, and you're using it on someone who has the potential when you have especially with this Bucks medical staff and how they treat and just the the I'm not that's not a shot at the medical staff. The medical staff is incredible, but in terms of like the organization. We're not yeah, going to hear communication. A lick about, we get, we're not going to hear anything about when Joe Ingles is going to play until the game before he plays. The day before he plays, Bud's going to be like, "Oh yeah, Joe Ingles is uh, coming back tomorrow." What do you guys think? No, he's going to. No, he, here's what's going to happen. They're going to surprise us with a, a Joe Ingles start. Listen somewhere. to the anger, everyone. It's L- just, listen to it rising up. I think we're getting to the root of the issue. I said, "Oh, no, that's not." I, I swear, not I swear to you, it's not it. That's not this it. This is a but move you, that guarantees no, we have months. No, I'm months not. I'm pushing back on like, this. I am pushing back this on this. Gonna be, it's not he? true. Not true. Listen, this you're is doing not a really convincing job. Because no, 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 no. I'm not listening. I'm not mad. It, it's you that's mad. No, no, I'm mad. I'm the mad. Don't get me wrong, but it's not for the reason that you think. I'm, I, I didn't even man. think about the like the Bucks actually in their designation of their designation of injuries before this. But it, it may be I'm not going to say it doesn't make me more upset. It definitely does. But in the sense of this, like I was saying, this is the one avenue for you to go and try and get a quality player uh, that was not on your team with the with some caps, like not caps, like the the mid level exception that you have to use, and you're using it on a guy who is potentially not going to play for you until the second half of the season. And it might not work out at all. Like at least work out generally. Like let's say Lonnie Walker, for example, let's pretend I'm not saying this is true. Not saying this is true at all. Let's pretend that he was willing to sign the same contract with the bucks as he did with the Lakers. Yeah. What'd you say? Oh, market market. Excuse me. You're right. Uh, Well, just great typo or Sham. Sorry. Sorry. Of course. (laughs) Mark. Um, <laughs> let's pretend that at least with Lonnie we know he's going to play we know that he's going to play Do we? he's going to be yes, healthy to play he but we don't know play. if he's going to play like he is available to play basketball I mean, I, games I'm available to play yeah, and you're, and that's better than Joe Ingles. You want to give me the six and a half million dollars? No, and you're proving like, my point. 
No, I'm not. I, I, I think Joe Ingles is a quality player. The books are not making we don't, any signing. Though. No, 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 Adam, 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 Wayne. We, we, Joe Ingles has been a quality player. He has been a quality player. We do not know what's ahead. We don't know for any player what's ahead. I know, but it's more difficult to track with a player like Joe Ingles. There's, there's no certainty with any. We don't know what Chris Middleton's going to look le- like coming it's off It's less, less certainty. Much, much less certainty. This is not about certainty. There are no certainties here. Like, but then you're taking when you're this dealing... massive risk with the one asset you have. Has it a massive risk? You've got a team that narrowly lost to the Celtics because your second best player was injured. You have a team that was literally championship caliber last year, won a championship the year before. This is your extra signing. Like, if if he's nothing, he's nothing. You've got the team you had last year, and they may still yet add to it. And, and what are the alternatives? Like, Lonnie Walker, I like Lonnie Walker a lot. I don't know what Lonnie Walker is with the books. Like, there's a scenario where Lonnie Walker comes in, and it's like, we can be like, well, he's much better than Grayson, and he's taken to life as a book better than Grayson. There's also a scenario where it's like, oh, well, I see how his free agency came to be what it was. He's even less suited to a team with the expectations and the pressure that the books are dealing with. And that just flips on its head. Like, I, there is no, the risk isn't there. And to add to, if this flames out. You said there's no risk? What is the risk? The worst case scenario, again, is you've got a guy that is not going to disrupt the apple cart at all. You've got the team you had last year. You still have room to add to it. You've already added Marjan Bochamp. We don't need to get into how everyone feels about that. You really like him. We hope that he is an addition and the team is already better for having drafted him. So on a relative scale, like, what are we talking about? And who's the player? Any player the books are going to sign for the mid-level exception, one-year deal, the kind of guys who are coming for that, there's risk attached. Like, this is the risk you're choosing in this case. There could be another guy where the risk is character. That's more potentially destructive to the entire team than one guy who may not be healthy enough to play or play to his the best of his ability like there's gonna be a risk one way or another if if there's no risk they're getting much more money than this like i i don't i don't i think this is a really weird one for you to feel so strongly about i get a lot of what you're saying but the risk i think you're massively outplaying because the books are last year's books at worst and hopefully they get healthy and chris milton's there and they're better than that, and they could win a championship, whether Joe Ingles plays like a thousand minutes somehow and is a key player, six man in the postseason, or if he doesn't play at all. They have insulated themselves in case that Joe Ingles does not pan out whatsoever, that they are like, the same team. The back of the rotation now is not Sam Merrill, Justin Jackson. It may not even be Jordan Wara. Like Joe Ingles, if he ends up in that spot, that's fine because you've got better players up to that. The, you're thinking of the six and a half million as if that's cap space. It's not. It's one of the two tools they have. So someone's kind of going to get it. And if they didn't, what we'd be talking about is, God, why didn't they just spend a little more on someone? Why didn't they take a flyer? They like Joe Ingles. Like, they like Joe Ingles. I guarantee you they've also, by the way, had a look at his medical record had a look at what his knee looks like this deal. I, I not to, I don't want to get anyone in trouble here. Came along pretty quickly. Like a lot of these yeah. deals. 
That was a five. It was like five fifteen. We we're talking about Joe Ingles. His yeah. wife broke it with a terrible Photoshop. Which graphic. is a good. It's a good. Give someone, that's someone incredible. Had a Which one was better? Incredible. Which was better, Marjan or uh, the Joe Ingles Photoshop? Oh my God! I think the Joe Ingles might be better. You know? yeah. But I, I like that's that's the point where I do think there is an element where they deserve trust here, as in they've identified him as the player type. And I I can't find the alternative of that. We can name all sorts of different players. Said so Lonnie Walker, that's an entirely different ball game. You've got a young player desperate with a point to prove. If you have a role for him, that's a great thing. That's what happened with Bobby Portis. The books do not have a clear and open role. Like you bring Lonnie Walker in. You've got Grayson, you've got Wes, you've got now you've got Marjan, you've got Pat. George Hill still around as much as people don't want. Like does that in terms not of various combinations. No, because he's more of a forward at this point in his career. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still, probably gonna be more of a forward. And like, are you playing him over Pat? Are you playing him over Bobby? Are you playing him over like any any of these other guys? Like, Pete, there could be scenarios where he plays over Brooke. Bobby. I think in particular, certainly there's scenarios where he could play over Brooke. Like that's matchup dependent. That's how his shooting is. That's how he looks. That's the that's the a risk but there's just no one else just, i mean it's not any decision you make they had so much faith they drafted marjan bochamp last Great week pick. you can have a lot of faith in anything they do we have no idea rohan we don't know what could happen we don't know what could happen tomorrow <laughs> that was very that was very strong is that a reference <laughs> to something that i missed no. to you yeah oh just everything oh that was a a very strong last sentence you talking about the the lack of certainty it's like guess what nothing is certain no i i recognize nothing is certain all i'm trying to say is that it's less certain than other avenues potentially available like i i again we don't know we don't know but but, uh, give me let's let's take the let's take the that player couldn't have been that like lonnie walker has uncertainties in terms of how Lonnie Walker would fit with the books. Thad but give Young. me give me other players. Gary Payton the second. So another a non-shooting guard. We talked like you and Ty talked in the pod. He contributed to a title winning team. The books don't have a need for that. They've they've literally taken one of the best shooters in the NBA over the past five, six years. Like that's a very different thing to being I like I like GP2 a lot. He's a really good player now. If you don't draft Marjan a week they, ago and you think you can get him at the mid-level, that's great. You do that. But they just drafted Marjan, so you can't exactly. do that. Okay, fair. But here, here's my thing. Here's another thing that I didn't, another concern that I didn't bring up is what we've seen from the... I talked about this in the playback, so this is nothing new to you guys. But one thing that we've seen from this Bucks team and this Bud coaching staff through this era is just like... You, no matter what you're doing offensively, if you can't hold up defensively, you're off. You're not on the court. I'm worried about what Joe Ingles' defense is going to be like post-injury. Because he, he, he leveraged whatever athleticism he had greatly. It, he was incredible at it. I Full credit. Again, he has been a great player, not denying that at all. I'm worried about what post-injury Joe Ingles' defense looks like. I'm worried about that. They're relying on his brain. And if that's not enough, then he's not going to be good enough defensively and they may not be able to play him. And that's just what yeah, happens. That, this is honestly this plays into a lot of why this is like more, more but, uncertain. 
But there's no, Honestly, it's all uncertain. Everyone at this there's, range. There's levels to this. It's not binary. Is. This, is, this is a more proven player in terms of what he's done and what we can put stock in. You're projecting ability for other players. So the, the concern we're, here we're is... the same he... thing for Joe. We're projecting what he's going to be. I think... it, no, but it's about his, it's, we're, we're projecting health. We're projecting what the version of him, as opposed to what we know he can do and how he can fit into a team like this. Like, also, I mean, let's not overlook Joe Ingles has thrived on a Quinn Snyder team. Not exactly yes. playing like Bud, but there have been strong elements of Bud and Bud's influence has been there. Like, there is clear overlap there. Like, I, I just, I don't see a more logical fit. Like, Whatever you feel then about where he is currently and the risk attached to that, if you look at his skill set, like what he has been known for, and you look at like what the books have lacked and what Bud in particular likes, I don't, I can't speak to because John Horse never says anything, much to my just constant frustration. I can't speak to what John Horse likes. I've no idea. The man will not tell us anything. I don't know anything about his basketball philosophies. We know what Bud likes because we've seen his teams play for years now in the NBA. We know the system he also came from. Like, there isn't a player in the range that is more suited just the idea of that player to what they can do. And that might just be what they buy into in spite of anything else. That's fine. Like, every everything is a risk. This is a team that won a championship and that we're in a place to get us upset about this because they drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, <laughs> honestly, no, I'm not compare, I'm not comparing Joe Ingles. My point is, it's like there is the, the level of risk in any decision, and in the NBA and in sports, and like it flips on a coin. You'd look if Giannis is Bruno Caboclo, you look stupid, and everyone makes fun of you forever. Like, but he's not; he's Giannis, and it's uh, not at that same level. Bruno. But if Joe Ingles is out of the league by February. You'll have your victory lap, and we'll all be like, "What a dumb thing that was!" That this I guy. I don't want to be clear. I no, I, I know, I know. You're I not. I want to be that. wrong. I want to be wrong. I, and the point I'd make, like, if that happens, we'll probably be like, "Look at this guy who went for that country they could have got." I guarantee it's someone that we're not thinking of right now. Yep. It'll be someone who emerges over the course of the season because you just can't perfectly predict who it will be. Someone like Gary Payton II is a great example of that. You never know when a guy is going to hit when they'll take off. So. Joe Ingles could be the difference maker to win them another championship. Like legitimately, he could be the bonus piece that if he can stay on the floor, his passing creates quality looks for the book's better players and his shooting punishes opposing teams and creates more space for them. That is a big deal. He also could be a non-factor. It could sink them. I don't think it will because at worst, they're the same team they were last year. I, 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 again, to be clear, I recognize the upside. You guys make com- are making complete sense. I recognize that there's massive, massive upside with this play. I'm not an idiot, <laughs> even though a lot of people no, might think that. We do not think you're that. an idiot. Like, no. I recognize there's a ton of upside. Also, I just realized this. There's a chance we don't see him play before the trade deadline, which kind of negates the whole tradable salary thing. Possible. But, but well, does it? I mean, are the teams who are dumping are, are, are the sellers at player. the deadline interested in players who are playing, or do they just care about salary and picks and but this then, would be like, an expiring what contract? The, what was the point? <laughs> what was the point? Is you're taking a flyer? Like then, the worst case, you don't get to see him play. Well, that's part of the flyer. That's part of your calculus. Okay. 
No, as long as I, that is recognized. Like, because I, like, I, I do think George Hill, like, in, in talking about that gets you to 10 and a half minutes, George Hill is kind of a similar situation. Uh, I'm honestly more concerned about George Hill right now than Joe Ingalls in terms of the collection of injuries Hill has Same. had going on and how that worked worked out last year and just how dramatic the fall off in his play was. Those two guys are kind of paired together for me. Like, if it doesn't work out, they will be looking to get out of George Hill. If, like, if that's not something that happens before that, if they go into the season, the injuries are still an issue. And beyond that, he looks terrible when he's healthy. They'll be looking to get out of that and upgrade. And if Joe Ingles is just not going to be healthy or the flashes they're seeing, they're like, oh, God, he doesn't have it anymore. The two of them go together and they go with a bunch of picks and you find a seller. It's always like those deals are only there because the team is just looking, what assets can we get? You're likely picking up someone on an expiring contract anyway. We've been down this road. It's the Nikola Meritage road in particular. That's what you do, though. I'm not saying that they can end up with a Nikola Meritage. That was a good, I'll, st- I'll defend that trade. It was a good trade. In theory, the trade was yes. Good. It was a good. Yeah. It was a good trade in theory. Sound it didn't practice. work out. Yes. Yes. Sound practice. Like the operation was sound a process. Success, even the, sound process. Yeah. Yes. Operation was a success, but the patient died. Yeah. I have a perfect comparison. That, I think that could be the Joe Ingalls story with the book. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no. Like I, I think honestly, but that's that's my that's worst case. It's like yeah, I get all the reasons why you do it, and if it doesn't work, fine. Yeah, um, I, th- I, I think I we can. I think we can reach a happy medium here. I understand everything you guys are saying. I recognize, like I said, there's a massive high upside here. I just, I'm not even like mad about it. Contrary to what, <laughs> like contrary I, to what your emotions are indicating. <laughs> listen, I've been told by many people that I'm a very expressive person, and this is just rearing its ugly head. Okay, I'm not. I'm not like a person who gets mad at things. I'm not. I don't. I don't get angry at this. I really. Jordan, don't. can you think of any other podcasts that we could, you know, put I forward as evidence here? Oh, okay. See, even if you're thinking about the net series, was I ever what? mad? No, I, I don't just... remember. Were you mad before, <laughs> or was I just like completely off my rocker? I wasn't Conway, mad. A little bit of column B. <laughs> we all were. I'm not. I'm worried I'm just, that we've taken this thing out of the clip that we thought was going to be really impactful. Yeah, Twitter. I think it's already... It's we've now got a podcast. <laughs> I'm just... Like, it's not the it's not what I would have wanted. Oh, I get that. I have I have a perfect comparison for the signing. Let's hear it. DeMarcus Cousins when he signed with the Warriors. He didn't play, until, he didn't play until January 18th of 2019. That's fair. That is pretty good. Coming off an eight... A, that was his Achilles injury? Yeah, yes. yeah, worse. Worse. Talk about not, the injury again, that guys are not recovering from very well still. Progress, but not at the same level as ACL. Not comparing Joe Ingles to prime all-star DeMarcus Cousins. But the factors that played into it, his Marcus, or Marcus, his uh, Lonnie Walker market. Um, so he's down to his for, friends. Yeah, <laughs> just call me Marcus. Um, no, I meant market as well. Lenny Walker's uh, the market cousins, his market uh cratered significantly, and he takes a flyer. I think that's where this is. I mean, it's it's a the case of the rich getting richer, Jordan. I think light years go crazy. <laughs> and just have How do the bucks keep doing this. <laughs> they keep I can get these guys. 
Joe Ingles? Who's you know letting the you know Bucks have crazy? Joe Ingles? One of the first things I wrote for Behind the Buck Pass was like how the Bucks are sort of similar to the Warriors. Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. that piece. Oh, that was a lifetime ago. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting comparison, Jordan. That is a very apt comparison. I hope it works out better for the Bucks and Joe Ingles. They still made it to the finals. Yeah, they it's did. pretty good. They did. Because their uh, team was just their team was their team anyway. Yeah, and obviously Kevin Durant suffered a catastrophic injury that changed the course of the NBA. It yes. continues to. To this uh, day. Exactly. Should we talk about that? Let's touch a little bit on that. Kate, Kate, yes. Kevin Durant requested a trade. <laughs> um that kind of that's that's shifting the entire NBA landscape. Does he get traded? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Okay. Same. Yes. Um, oh right, I, I really <laughs> thought there was a devil's advocate no, coming no, from no. you there, but no, you were just looking for it. Just the it's, Nets moves today was very. Uh, that make no sense. So let's let's recap what happened here. So Kyrie Irving goes through his whole Kyrie Irving thing. Uh, which should just be, you should trademark that at this point. Uh, and he opts in. Kevin Durant requests a trade. We normal get, people you, don't, you know. I, yeah, well. normal people, whatever, you know, obviously normal normal people things. Uh, Kevin Durant requests a trade today. Uh, he about, wants to go play with some normal people. Yeah, he's like, that'd be nice <laughs> for one. <laughs> I miss you, Golden State. <laughs> uh we get news that Brooklyn has traded a pick for Royce O'Neal uh, for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Patty Mills signs a two-year, $14 million deal with the Nets. The Nets uh, are refusing to refund season tickets. They're enforcing their policy about that. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. How many, how many season ticket holders are there? I'm not uh, even At being... least 10. There's a lot. I'd really? Say at least for Whammy. That's one. I'm sure Joe Sy has season tickets. I I don't think you would describe his the arrangement of the season tickets, but uh, a Kyrie Irving actually buys season tickets for his family, as we learned when he attended that one game. Mm. Mm. They said Nick Claxton too, a guy that yeah, uh, like which is which is all moved, which is all great business when yeah. you're when you have Kevin Durant and yeah, and no, or or if you want to bring back the glory days, Kenny Atkinson's Nets are back. Yeah, they're back. Like, the, what's D'Angelo Russell doing? Bring that in team is going to be that team is going to be so fun. The team rules. Right, listen to that. Say that. Bring Jared Dudley back. He, he's he's he can still play, can he? Bring him back. What's he up to besides being yeah, he, an assistant coach he, for the Mavs? Being being <laughs> decisive in Javale McGee siding with the Mavs supposedly. What a wild day it's been. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Former teammate on the championship Lakers, a reunion of Kid oh, Dudley oh, yeah, and Javale right. McGee. Um, but yeah, Kevin Durant has requested a trade. This is league shifting power. He is one of the greatest players to ever pick up a basketball. Um, he's uh, the two reported favorites as a trade destination are the uh, Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. And. Uh, <laughs> Um, Let me give context for people watching on YouTube or listen to the podcast. Uh, if you're if you're listening, you're following free agency. I'm sure you've seen the windy meme, Brian Windows <laughs> preaching, channeling his powers to put out into the universe that the Lakers 
the Lakers were considering, you know, trying to get Katie and Kyrie Irving together. And, you know, rival executives thought oh. this was possible. Which an hour later, when Brian Windows returned to TV, he was like, oh, no, I, I don't think it's possible. I was just saying that someone said it. Anyway, great, great meme. I'm going to use it forever. So Jordan just dropped into our, our group chat that it's Wendy is Rowan talking about Joe Ingles. <laughs> that took me out. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Durant uh, listed the, has list, reportedly listed the Phoenix Suns and Miami Heat as two of his preferred trade destinations. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are the most likely out of that situation. Uh, just from a Bucks perspective, get him out of the Eastern Conference if he's not going to the Bucks. Um, which is, sorry to break your guys' hearts, not really possible. Uh, I'm just going to ignore this. Uh, not really possible. What do you guys think? It's such a weird, again, this is, we're in uncharted territory. You could look at like Kareem or, I think, what would be even the biggest trade of like the last 10 years? Paul George? Carmelo, Anthony Davis, Anthony, da- duh, Anthony Davis. Um, ah, come on, a big trade, but we all know what Anthony Davis is. Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, that's a good one. <laughs> um, More of a serious player than Anthony Davis. Yeah, I, I think you're actually kind of right to start with Kareem. Like, yeah, that's that's the level. That's where we are, for KD. But even then, we're not even talking. We're talking about. It's not guys that are switching at the prime of their, their career. Kevin Durant's 33. Yeah, you know I mean, like, this is the weird. But he also feels like with his game, he has quite a bit left. The oh, of course. Even so after much. Talking about how so he, much. Like, so, yeah. It just, it's just, again, it's the landscape of teams that are competitive and having no picks that would really interest Brooklyn. Um, a lot of those teams have players that are within the same age range as Kevin Durant. And if you're trying to win a championship in the near future, your best bet is like immediate. Otherwise, it's going to be a new crop of players that are going to lead you to a championship. Like, it's not like <laughs> I don't know how this could have turned out way worse for Brooklyn. Um, but it did. Well, it's, the it's, one the one way actually it might, and like we all say, yeah, he will get traded. Maybe he won't get traded, and then it could be worse because you've already got two guys in your roster who don't like playing basketball, feels like. They find ways to not be basketball players. And then what if Kevin Durant is like, I don't want to be here. I asked you months ago to trade me, and you haven't done it. And one of the big obstacles has Bobby Barks had difficulty. He had multiple steps communicating to people at ESPN tonight. Is the Rose Rule, the fact that you can't have two guys in that category of salary on those or, extensions. Yeah. Or on the rookie scale max extensions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. On your roster. The Nets have Ben Simmons. Imagine Ben Simmons being the obstacle. And that takes off like your A grade young superstar talent takes them off the board it's like to again not to not to throw too much Bobby Marks for a couple of weeks mostly because of the embarrassing stories he could use to reveal by himself he kept every time he go to the board like Phoenix I don't know if we mentioned it but Phoenix reportedly 
KD's first preference. So every time you go to it, Bobby Marks is like, of course, the Nets, they're going to want Devin Booker. Can't have Devin Booker. Can't have, can't have any of the guys. Legal. That you can't it is that. not legal. The, there only, is no... the only player you could get is possibly Zion because he hasn't extended yet. Yes, that, that is maybe it. And if I was the Nets, I'd you know, talk about a, the high risk, the certainly high risk elements there. Uh, but if I was the Nets, I'd maybe try to make that deal right away because things could get tough otherwise. And there's a lot of good stuff the Pelicans have too. The longer this goes on too, the, the worse the opposite can get. I mean, Phoenix I, too. I wonder with KD though. I, like, Not everything's going to be the holy pair though. Like it clearly was today. You know what I mean? Because if Phoenix looms large on Kevin Durant's wish list. Yeah, but. That's dependent on Aiden. And he's he's under was. contract for four years, and if you think back to, I think the like the benchmark for this is when the Clippers landed Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and just the sheer like, oh, we can move everything and do it all at once. Obviously, it's easier for the Clippers than any other team because they have an owner who, like, just the, no team. owner cares less about their money and cares more about winning than Steve Ballmer. Just remember the classic YouTube videos I say his name. Um, but that's the case where even if teams have filled up roster spots, they've used cap space. Kevin Durant appears, you're going to have a lot of teams who'd be like, okay, what are the picks we have right now? What's tradable? Oh, yeah, let's trade all of those picks that are tradable because he's under contract for four years. Like, I, I think that is, and that is the truly unprecedented nature. And we talked about this when Ty was on the playback earlier in the early stages, and we were debating going back and forth. Rowan and I, you know, the night was young. We were in agreement on some things. We both liked the idea of OKC and the obviously the narrative elements of that, but also like they've got all of the draft picks. They've got some good young talent. It seems yeah, like give him, you a team can you can offer Kitty, a real package. Chet. You you can make an you can make a package without giving up Shay. Yeah, and like, however, name name your price in terms of first round picks. Like, yeah, they have all of them anyway. <laughs> they they have all of them, so that's not a problem. But it's that's something that I just think teams will teams will find a way, and I believe that. As much as everyone's like, oh, you know, he has to want, to, he doesn't have to want to go anywhere. If the Nets get a good enough offer, he's requested to be traded, not that he has to anyway. The Nets was like, oh, we're getting eight first rounders and we're getting Chad Holmgren and Josh Giddy. See you later. You're going to Oklahoma City. That's, yeah. That's, and, and that might be a good and thing. And in, in KD's place, I don't think he's going to go back to Oklahoma City of all places and be like, I don't want to be here. I'm not playing. I got to sit out for four years at this point in my career. It's not going to happen. He wants to win too much. He cares too much about his own reputation. He is not Kyrie Irving. He is a hooper. He is a hooper. He's going to go and he's going to play and he is going to win games wherever he goes. And he's going to tell people about it. So he could, he could end up on any team, not the books. I was about to say like the books. I'm not saying it that way. Adam, let me have it. I mean, any small market, very far from relevance, it seems like team, could just shoot up right to near the top. New Orleans. Orlando. 
Cleveland. Portland. Cleveland is very fun. Evan Mobley, and plus, like, you can use Kevin Love's expiring, and you still have Garland, KD, and Jared Allen. That's a force in the East. Pistons have got lots of fun stuff going now. They don't have they don't have a ton of salary though. Sacramento. That's that's true. Well, they were Marvin Bagley. <laughs> oh my God, thirty seven million dollars for Marvin Bagley. Yo, I should call Troy Weaver and just ask him for two million dollars. He might give it to me. Would he give you six and a half though? Would that be? Would that be a suitable <laughs> risk? You know what? Yes, because I am guaranteeing him that I will not do anything for his franchise. So he knows exactly what he's getting. It's a bad offer is what I'm saying. I was just applying that to the area argument, but we won't, we won't open that up again. At least not for today. Oh, my God. What, is any other league shaking things happen? No. I mean, that's pretty league shaking. That, that's oh, as league yes. shaken as it gets. Joe Ingles signing. Find the whole... is, he, the he's the, is he the best player to request a trade since Kareem? Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah, I, I, can't, I it, can't think of anyone I don't of think it's close. Else. I mean, I Kobe that, requested a trade, but it never actually came to fruition. Chris Paul in 2011. But again, they're not on, they, like, they're not on KD. Not, it's diff- yeah, exactly. It's different age curve. It's, it's Yeah. Like he's, he's Kevin Durant, like the the list of players. He's, he's potentially that the are best as good offensive as him player put, of all time. Like you start working your way back on the NBA scoring list. Ridiculous. I mean, and, and he, he missed a year. He's yeah, missed he two missed years. years. Yeah. Like with his foot injuries in OKC. Ridiculous, it's, ridiculous talent. This is I. It's going to be. I don't think this is going to get resolved quickly like within the next no. week i'd say it takes at least a couple weeks to figure it out because this is a decision that if you're the brooklyn nets you cannot mess up <laughs> you, you cannot mess this up otherwise you were in basketball purgatory forever they can hey. find guys they can find guys out of nothing they did it before they could do it again and like in all seriousness they flipped those guys into like it wasn't on the low post recently and there's being this talk, this idea, obviously just people in that org who've been around, they're romanticizing. It's like, yeah, remember back then, everything was fun when everything was pure. If I worked for the Nets, I'd be like, yeah, let's get Irving and Simmons out of here. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what we get back. Let's just, let's get these guys out of here. Let's start again. We can lose every game for two seasons. That's fine. We'll find some stuff eventually, but we can build something that, you know, makes us feel again, because God, the Nets are grim. Uh, it's it does not get any more. Like if we thought things were bad at the Nets, I cannot imagine a worse scenario than having that roster and Kevin Durant requesting a trade and you looking and there's still Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. This soon, we're we're coming up on three years since they signed there, and exactly way, three years. By the way, they had James Harden within that time frame. Yeah, they and did. He won it out. Like that's who's, who's, and they got rid of him actually, for Ben Simmons, and who he's stopped come out them from being able to get this. Devin Booker, like yeah. or anyone like that. So I don't think Phoenix would have traded Devin Booker. No, but the the the, the theoretical or Bam, you can't get Bam. Yeah. Well, then maybe they were saved from themselves there, but 
I love it. I love it. I love the energy. Where's Ty? Um, Where's Ty to talk about his mid-range jumper? Yeah, how's that worked out, Ty? I know you're listening to this, Ty. How's that worked? <laughs> I want you to come and defend this take, man. Do you think Where's there's any chance that anyone listening remembers yeah, possibly our last great argument about Bam Adebayo's mid-range They're jumper? They're still listening two hours in. They definitely know. They definitely know. Um... Yeah, so that was day one of free agency. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up in case the book signs up to a minimum now before we get off. Yeah. That would be uh, that would be a problem. Which we didn't mention. The only avenues they have left now is a minimum contract without disrupting like any anything. Well, no, regardless, the only thing they have left is a minimum. Uh, or whatever's left of the taxpayer mid-level, because they didn't sign uh, Joe Ingles to the full thing. Could be four million. Yeah, it could be four million dollars. Who knows? Uh, it'll be interesting to see when these contracts actually get finalized. Uh, because I do think you're right, Adam. I do think these new cap projections kind of took the league uh, sort of in shock. Uh, that's yeah. not a phrase. They, they shocked the people league. off guard. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Thank you. We have been for, like doing content since 4 o'clock. It is 11. Uh, is, uh, we are cooked. Let's wrap this up. Uh, Jordan, I should keep going. Thoughts. Can we do 24 hours wrong? You and Carl I, Anthony be... Towns has just agreed to a four-year, $224 million. It's been this, that didn't happen already? No, uh, eleven oh one is when those extensions could get done. Devin Booker has agreed on a four-year, two hundred twenty-four million supermax extension. Oh boy! Oh, I didn't see these coming. Who would have thought? Yeah, we're done. Nikola Jokic agreed to the largest deal in NBA history: five-year, two hundred seventy million supermax contract extension. There goes Giannis's claim uh, glory. I mean, it was already beaten by Bradley. He Beal. lost it to Bradley Beal. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Bradley Beal resigned. Whatever, whatever. Jordan, give me, give me, give me a sentence Oof. to sum up free agency. So, sorry, last, last week, total value of your yeah. deal: six years, three hundred and three million dollars. Wow, that's new. I haven't heard that before. Three hundred is a lot. <laughs> okay, Jordan, uh, me, what was your you get a nice racetrack in Sambor for that. You do. Give yeah. me one sentence. Give me, give me a poem to summarize day one of free agency. Oh, wow. That's Bucks your space. Care of business. Will Joe Ingles yield results? Reward? I was doing a bad haiku right there. And not a robot. <laughs> it works. It works. That's perfect. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. If you're still listening to this, we love you. That's awesome. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice, YouTube. Make sure you leave a five-star rating. If you're listening to podcasts, make sure you leave a like. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, regardless, check out gspn.info for all our links, Substack, Discord entry, playback. Um, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Pod Random, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>